us this abominable harangue. Messieurs, the bourgeois and gentlemen of Paris, croix Dieu, I know not whether that be what you call a mystery, but I do know it's not amusing. They belabour one another with their tongues, but that's all. For this quarter of an hour, I've been waiting to see the first blow, but nothing comes. They're cowards. You should have had boxers from London or Rotterdam, and then indeed we should have had hard knocks, which you might have heard the length of this hall. But those creatures there are quite pitiful. This is not what I was told it was to be. I'd been promised a feast of fools with an election of a pope. We at Gant too have our fool's pope, but, but this is how we do it. A mob gets together, as here for instance. Then each in his turn goes and puts his head through a hole and makes faces at the other. He that makes the ugliest face, according to general acclamation, is chosen pope. That's our way, and it's very diverting. Shall we make your pope after the fashion of my country? At any rate, it wouldn't be so tiresome as listening to these babblers. The motion made by the popular hosier was received with enthusiasm. The small chapel, situated opposite the stage, was fixed upon to be the scene of the grimacing match. The glass, being broken out of one of the panes of the pretty rose-shaped window over the doorway, left open a circle of stone through which it was agreed that the candidates should pass their heads. To get up to it, they had only to climb upon two casks which had been laid hold of somewhere or other and set one upon another. In a moment, the chapel was filled with competitors, and the door was closed upon them. The grimacing commenced. Imagine a series of visages presenting in succession every geometrical figure from the triangle to the trapezium, from the cone to the polyhedron. Every human expression from that of anger to that of lust. Every animal profile from the jowl to the beak, from the snout to the muzzle. Imagine yourself, all the grotesque heads carved on the pont neuf, all the masks of a Phoenician carnival passing successively before your eye. In short, a sort of human kaleidoscope. The Grand Salle had become one vast furnace of audacity and joviality in which, with a thunder of applause mingled with a prodigious acclamation, the fool's pope was at last elected. It was indeed a miraculous grin that now beamed through the circular aperture. We shall not attempt to give an idea of that tetrahedron nose, that horseshoe mouth, that small left eye overshadowed by a red bushy brow, while the right eye disappeared entirely under an enormous wart, of those straggling teeth with breeches here and there like the battlements of a fortress, of that horny lip over which one of those teeth projected like the tusk of an elephant, of that forked chin, and above all of the expression diffused over the whole, that mixture of malice, astonishment, and melancholy. You may imagine this combination. The crowd rushed towards the chapel, and the blessed Pope of the Fools was led out in triumph. And now the surprise and admiration of the people rose still higher, for they found the wondrous grin to be nothing but his ordinary face. Or rather, his whole person was a grimace, his large head all bristling with red hair, between his shoulders an enormous hump to which he had a corresponding projection in front. 
a framework of thighs and legs, so strangely gone astray that they could touch one another only at the knees. And yet, with all that deformity, a certain gait denoting vigour, agility and courage. He looked like a giant that had been broken and awkwardly mended, almost as broad as he was high, his coat half red and half violet, figured over with little silver bells, the populace recognised him at once. They exclaimed with one voice, It's Quasimodo the ringer! It's Quasimodo, the hunchback of Notre Dame! Meanwhile, all the beggars, all the lackeys, all the cut purses, together with the scholars, had gone in procession to fetch the pasteboard tiara and the mock robe appropriated to the fool's pope. They then seated him upon a party-coloured chair. Twelve officers of the Brotherhood of Fools, laying hold of the poles that were attached to it, hoisted him upon their shoulders, and the whole bawling and tattered procession...